Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. I just realized I didn't have... um my microphone on. I don't know if I still have it on. It looks like. Is it working? I can't even tell. Um, so, let's see. Let's see if this works. Um, I'm trying something. I'm trying to um, see if um, <laughs> I can do a live stream and record my podcast podcast at the same time. It is uh, multitasking at a new level. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to work. But anyways, <clears throat> here is Thursday afternoon and I haven't uh, figured out what I want to record for my episode. Well, I didn't until I was looking through some of my Facebook um, memories, which I only have really one memory that showed up for today. And it is um, today, as I'm recording this Thursday, the 16th of November, which is a significant day because it is Edison's birthday. He's super excited about that. Happy birthday, Edison. And I've not seen him today. Uh, I've been gone for the last several days and have not seen him. And, uh, I haven't seen him since Friday, I think Saturday morning. I left early and I uh, got back late last night while well, I got back early enough to go to work last night. And, uh, he went to school and then um, he's in the, on the tech crew for their school musical. So I haven't seen him. So happy birthday. I, I may text him. I'm not uh, for close family, friends, stuff like that. I'm not the uh, biggest fan of texting my happy birthday wishes because, because I think he deserves more than that. And I'll probably do something nice, like take him on a cruise. Oh, I already did that. Take him. Uh, I may take him out to dinner or something. Breakfast. We'll do something nice. But as I was looking through my Facebook memories, something popped up that I had not um, thought about. I, I knew it was my, I, I knew it was his birthday and it was the anniversary of his birth, but I had not thought about the fact that 17 years ago today was a really difficult day. And that is because I got a phone call from my wife. This is back before cell phones were ubiquitous. There's my college word for the day. And the, um, call that I got was that she was out delivering newspapers. I was home taking care of uh, Carissa and Dalton were the ones at home. And Marcin called me and said, I, I can't, I can't see. So I knew something was not right. I rushed to get the kids ready, took them to go find her. And um, this is what I, this is what I came ac across. So if, um, <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook live, there's a picture of our van and I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read what I wrote. Memories are um, distinct, but they're also fallible. And so um, what, uh, what I did, and I haven't even looked to see when I wrote this. This, is, no, this was the next day, November 17th. So 17 years ago tomorrow, I, I wrote um, 
kind of a summary of what happened. I've not read this in several years. So I don't, <laughs> there's some things I remember absolutely that happened. This is the email that I sent to my family. I'm going to read it. I'm just going to react to it. And I'm going to share uh, just some thoughts about gratitude and how it relates to, I've not done the gratitude challenge that um, a lot of people do this time of year for a lot of reasons. One of them is just my own attitude. And not that I am not grateful, but it's, um, I don't know that I want Thanksgiving to be my reason to express gratitude. So it's, uh, it's not. So here we go. This is the, um, the email that I sent to my family. <laughs> this is taking me back in ways that I was didn't know I was, um, going to go. I said, thank you for your thoughts and prayers. Thanks mom for being the center of attention. I had my mom kind of being the, the, the focus point so that I wasn't getting inundated with questions from all my siblings and answer well questions and then having to answer the same questions over and over again. I said, thanks for being the communication center or whatever. Here's the story. I'll try to give you the, the details that are craving that you're craving Thursday morning. This is the night before the, uh, this accident. Here's a story. Uh, Thursday morning, one, one o'clock or so Marcin sat up in bed, complained of a pounding headache. I ended up giving her a blessing because nothing seemed to help. She took some ibuprofen, but she couldn't keep it down. She finally fell asleep in the recliner. She has had uh, difficult pregnancies and uh, this was no exception. And, uh, but usually in the third trimester, she was eight months pregnant. Things were not uh, too bad other than she complained about not being able to breathe. So when I woke up at about 6.30 in the morning, she said that her finally had stopped hurting and she went back to sleep. I got the kids off to school, including driving Allison because she missed the bus. That seems to be... <laughs> <laughs> Something that we experienced a lot with Allison. I got home. Marcin was up. She tried to drink some juice, but she also could not keep that down. She had a piece of toast. That seemed to be okay. So we were talking later. As I wrote this, I said we were talking yesterday about how blessed we felt because Marcin had been asked to deliver some extra newspaper this week, newspapers this week, and she felt well enough to get started. I was still at home because Carissa complained of a sore throat this morning. I kept her home from school and decided to stay with Carissa and Dalton so that Marcin could make some progress on the 700 or so papers that she had to deliver today. At 10.50 this morning, Marcin called me. She said, I'm seeing flashes of light. I can't see my papers, but I, and the paper I think she was talking about was the, the paper that said what houses, what neighborhoods she was supposed to, supposed to be delivering papers in. I can't see my papers, but I can see the road. Can you come and drive me around my route? I told her that I would be there as soon as I can get Carissa and Dalton ready. Of course, finding shoes and socks <laughs> and coats. That was the biggest challenge. Marcin told me that she would meet me in the church parking lot, which was just three miles from our house. I couldn't reach her. Once I left home, I tried to call her. Could not reach her to let her know that I was coming. So I drove around the church parking lot. She was not there. So I went on to the neighborhood where she said she was delivering papers. It was a few blocks away. I did not know the, the neighborhood well. I entered the neighborhood, tried to call her cell phone. And I did not see her. About three blocks in, I saw several emergency vehicles, three police cars, fire truck, ambulance, a couple of other trucks with flashing lights. My first thought was, something's happened to Marcin. The road was blocked. I could not get through. So I looked around to see if I could find her or our car or anything that might prove me right or wrong. I saw a car that didn't look familiar. So I was relieved <laughs> and I started to turn around. I remember thinking, whatever's going on in that house, I'm so sorry for them, but I got to go find my wife. As I backed up, my line of, sight, line of sight changed and there were uh, there was a different car that people were focused on. And I'll put that back up. 
Um, unfortunately, it was our van. It was in the front yard of a house, a little too close to the brick facade. I told Dalton and Carissa to wait in the car, and I ran up to see what was going on. The jaws of life were on the front lawn, and that's never a good sign. With HIPAA laws, people are not very willing to share medical details. I knew that going in, so I didn't get much other than questions about Marcin's medical history. Uh, I remember as I ran up towards the car, I was stopped by a police officer who said, is she by diabetic? No, she's not diabetic. Does she have seizures? No, she doesn't have seizures. And it seems that he left, another officer came up. Is she diabetic? No, she's not diabetic. Does she have seizures? No, <laughs> doesn't have seizures. And then as he left, the third one came up asking the same questions. Is she diabetic? No, she's not diabetic. Does she have seizures? No. And I finally thought to tell her, to tell them that she is eight months pregnant. She has no history, of no, no history of diabetes, no history of seizures. So I did let him know the story up to this point. And I, um, I did explain, I think that she had a, a pounding headache. Um, a firefighter came up to me. This is a part that I've forgotten. He came up to me at that point and said that she had been unconscious up until about five minutes before our conversation. She was not complaining about any pain, but they thought her ankle was broken. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, the bone sticking through her skin probably was a good indicator of that. They told me what, hospi what hospital they were taking her to, and because they would be using lights and sirens, they told me not to keep up. I spent a, minute, a few minutes talking to the homeowner, who seemed genuinely concerned about Marcine. She happened to be, she, the homeowner, happened to be uh, home for lunch. And she said, I think I must be the only one in the neighborhood who's home. She pointed to a few houses around her. She said, they're always home, but nobody was home. She told me how frustrated it was waiting for the ambulance to arrive. They, she called 911 and said, there's a woman who's passed out of my front yard. And it took way too long in her mind. Marcin was unconscious and the homeowner felt completely helpless. I That street where she hit the house was on the same street as the man who hired Marcin to deliver the newspaper. So I stopped by his house to let him know that Marcin would not be finishing the round. She'll be in the hospital. I then left for the hospital, made phone calls along the way, called my boss, told him I'm not coming into work. I called my parents, um, told them, I don't know what's going on, but here's what's going on. I called Marcin's dad who came and picked up the kids um, so that I could go straight to the hospital. By the time I arrived at the hospital, which I th think was around 12.45 p.m., I hurried to the HR, and it, or to the ER. <laughs> went to the ER. And of course, the parking lot I found was on the opposite side of the hospital. So I had to navigate some series of mazes asking directions along the way to find the ER. And I finally <laughs> got there. There always seemed to be a line with anybody that I needed to ask. In the emergency room, the admitting clerk asked how she could help me. And I said, I think my wife is here. She asked for a name when I answered. She said, oh yeah, uh, wait here. I'll be right back. And I remember saying, uh, I remember her asking the name. And I said, Marcin, thinking Marcin is such an uncommon, unusual name that for sure she's going to recognize the name. Yes, yes, she's here. And she looked at me super confused. Mar Marcin? Marcin what? Williams. Last name, super common, but that triggered it for her. And she said, yeah, yes, she's here. I'll be right back. So that's never a good sign. And she went back behind the double doors, didn't come back for several minutes. And that also not a good sign. So then two people came back to the, the front. They were dressed in white lab coats. They came back from the restricted access doors and the man introduced himself. Hi, Mr. Williams. My name is Alan. Come back here with me. He didn't tell me he was the chaplain, but I could see on his, his coat. It said, Alan, chaplain. 
still not a good sign. He took me into a room, invited me to sit down, and he started asking questions about Marcin and what happened, what I knew. And so I told him the story that I knew, which is pretty much what I have told you. He finally said, well, <laughs> first, I guess I should congratulate you. You, should, you have a beautiful baby boy. And that's not exactly what I was planning on. He was about five weeks early, but I did figure that that probably would be a result of the accident. I wasn't for sure, but I made, I assumed. He said, he's got quite a set of lungs on him, which was a concern that I had. And he looks like you. <laughs> that's always, it's always good to hear. And I asked, because all of our kids had a lot of hair. So I asked, does he have any hair? Yes, he's got lots of hair. So we had to get that important stuff out of the way. He said, I'm not a doctor, so I can't give you any information on the condition of your wife or baby. But once we get the ER doctor down here, he'll be able to answer your questions. I still hadn't heard anything about Marcine, so I was a little bit concerned. So as I'm sitting there in this room that's just surrounded by chairs and couches, firefighter stepped in and had made a cup of water. He said, you may need this. And I thought, how bad is, how bad is this going to be? A few minutes later, the ER doc came in and I started asking some of the same questions that Alan had asked. I told the same story. And finally, he said that she was stable but conscious, unconscious. He also mentioned that, that uh, he had a question. He asked, is she a Mormon? I said, yes, she is. And he said, well, you had a Melchizedek priesthood holder work, working on her today. He explained that as they were take, talking to Marcin, uh, as she came into the emergency room, she had another seizure. They they said that she was not doing well. They had previously checked her out. She was doing well. Baby was doing well. But during the seizure, it was clear that the baby, the baby was not handling the pregnancy well. So they had to do an emergency C-section. There happened to be, and I put that in air quotes, happened to be an OB doctor in another room, in the, in the emergency room. So she came over quickly. Uh, she was right there. And she was able to uh, immediately deliver, deliver Edison. So Doc said, he had a rough start, but he and your wife were stable. You'll get to see them in a few minutes. So that's the first time I really understood that they were both alive. I remember Alan telling me that uh, as soon as the ER doc comes and docks you, then we'll get you up to the, the NICU and you can, you can see your son. But first, ER doc will come in here. He'll tell you what happened to your wife. That was not fun. But when the... Um, the doctor told me that I had a Melchizedek priesthood holder working on her. That just felt, I just was filled with peace. I just knew. It didn't matter what was going to come out next. It was going to be okay. So I realized, back to what I wrote. Okay, so they're both alive. That's a good start. They took me back to the ER, which was also set up to function as an operating room. They warned me that there was a lot of blood, and there was. They were concerned that she might need a transfusion because she'd lost so much blood from the C-section. They were also concerned that the baby might need a transfusion. And that's something I had forgotten about. They handed me a bag of her belongings, which included her cell phone, wallet, and sunglasses. Later, they called me down for another bag with her shoes, which had the tongue <laughs> cut out, and her glasses, which were bent, probably from getting hit by the airbag. Next, they took me up to the NICU. They, I was able to see Edison. He looked great. Just over four pounds. I think he was four pounds, half an ounce. They let me feed him his first bottle. He'll be there until he can maintain his own body temperature, which may be up to a week. The pediatrician thinks that he's doing well enough that they won't need that he won't need to stay, stay there for too long. Since there wasn't much I could do at this point, I started making phone calls. Then the visit started. So Jan came, Marcin's mom. She brought Allison and Brendan. They got to see both Marcin and the baby. Marcin was, I think she was still unconscious at this, at this point. Stephanie and Christian came and they spent 
uh, great friends, spent the next six and a half hours, six and a half hours with me, making sure that I paid attention to what, to what the doctor said. I got information from them, from the doctors about what treatment she was going to have, what uh, surgery she was going to need. They, <laughs> this is uh, now probably four or five in the afternoon, six o'clock, I think is when I met with the doctor. And when they were coming over, Christian and Stephanie asked, are you hungry? <laughs> and I realized I'm starving. I hadn't had anything to eat. So they brought me some food. It was fantastic. So the surgeon who worked on Marcin's foot found me in the NICU. He said that the same bone in both ankles was broken. And one was compound. So she has two screws in that bone holding it together. And she would have six to eight weeks recovery. Ligaments were all torn. He also had to repair that. The other ankle did not need to be surgi surgically repaired. He said she did very well. And she should be able to put some weight on her right ankle after a few weeks. At about 8 p.m. that night, she started to come out of sedation. One doctor said that she'd be sedated all night. And another said they'd let her wake up. She was on a ventilator. Waking up was not enjoyable for her. She was still in a fog. And when she realized there was something shoved down her throat, she was intubated. She started acting like she couldn't breathe, like she was gagging. And since we both know sign language, she was signing to me that she um, felt like she couldn't breathe. She finally settled down enough and woke up enough for them to be able to take her off the ventilator and remove the tube. Over the next couple of hours, we gave her another blessing. She got to hold the baby. She became more aware of what was going on. She's talking. She's uncomfortable. Just as I was leaving, one of the OB docs asked what happened in the car. She, um, she, Marcin, remembers calling me, and she remembers the flashes of light, but she couldn't remember anything else. She thought she'd stopped driving at that point, but she was stopped on the side of the road. Car was in drive instead of in park, and so as she had the seizure, foot slipped off the, the brake, she just, I think, traveled right towards the... Uh, the house. It was interesting. She knew there was an accident. She knew that there was a, um, she knew she wasn't pregnant anymore. And she was very insistent um, that she wanted to see Edison. So that's the story. That's what happened 17 years ago today. Um, and so as I wrote this, I wrote, I can hardly believe how blessed we are. So I just list some of the blessings and I'm sure there are more. I was home. Marcin, I was home meaning in the morning. Marcin was able to call me when she started having the, the um, it was an eclamptic seizure, the flashes of light, high, high blood pressure. She was aware enough to tell me where she was. The homeowner that, of the house that she hit was home. The home was not severely damaged. There's cosmetic damage. It was uh, all covered by insurance. The ER doc is LDS. OB was right where she needed to be to do a quick C-section. In fact, she told me that they called people in, come see this, you're never going to see another C-section in the emergency room. And uh, both Marcin and Edison, still 17 years later, they're doing great. So there you go. That was what happened 17 years ago today. That is something that I'm uh, grateful for. And uh, there you go. Thanksgiving time, Thanksgiving season is a time for us to be grateful. And there are things to be grateful for, so be grateful, express gratitude, let people know um, what, what kind of impact, positive impact they, um, that they have in your life. If you don't tell them, how are they going to know? So that's all I got. Let's make it the end of the podcast. So um, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating to review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider 
who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>